Hey everyone and welcome back. Thanks for joining us for the second edition of our flagship podcast that we like to call The Portcast, where we speak logistics. In this special two-part installment, Craig Fuller, CEO of the data and content forum Freightways, sits with Stephen Didola to discuss how they use industry experts paired with accelerating technology to interpret the domestic freight market and how Freightways is establishing itself as the ESPN of the freight industry, breaking out of the pack and scoring big in the competitive, competitive market analysis game. For Didola Global Logistics in Long Beach, California, I'm Wade, this is the podcast, and we speak logistics. If you do not wish to be recorded, please disconnect at this time. Your last chance. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I'm talking with today with Craig Fuller. He's CEO and founder of Freightways. Um, thank you very much, Craig, for joining us today. Yeah, happy to be here. Great. So um, one of the first things I wanted to start with is uh, to congratulate you and thank you for the uh, FreightWaves Transparency Conference last month. It was it was a great event. Uh, I, it was probably one of the best conferences that I've attended in my I don't know, decades in this business. I thought it was a great combination of technology and engaging and informative speakers. Um, I definitely came away from it with some game-changing and actionable, which is more important, uh, ideas. So kudos on that. Yeah, so we appreciate it. We uh, The team works hard to get you know good content and do it at a cadence that doesn't bore people. Um, I think we tried to yeah. differentiate between uh, allotted industry conferences, particularly ones put on by uh, most of the associations, which tend to be driven a little bit more on uh, sort of long-form format uh, and sort of traditional, you know, same set of speakers each time. And I think what we're trying to do is shake it up by um, really bringing compelling market content in a way that's, uh, you know, that, that, that has a much shorter sort of time span. So uh, we believe our conferences are, are built for this version of the industry uh, that we're seeing right now evolve uh, versus what has been around for, for decades. That, that that is definitely the feeling I got from it that you're really um, looking at this the way the technology works, which is fast. It uh, you know there's there's it, what's happening right now is is very important, even though it may kind of stretch into the future and it may change how things go. It changes quickly and um, and it has many different facets. So it's uh, it was definitely felt um, in that sense. Um, so uh, from your website. And I went into your about because, of course, that's where the, the keeper of all information about all companies nowadays is. But I'll give you what I pulled as being kind of like, let's say, the core idea of what Freightways is. It says, Freightways is a data and content forum that provides market participants with near-time analytics on the state of the freight market and tools that provide actionable outcomes. Now, if you could, if you could unpack that for us a little bit and also add anything you'd like to kind of, you know, uh, flesh that out a little bit for us. Yeah, so what we do is we're, we're interpreting data uh, and really informing market data with uh, commentary from uh, experts. Uh, we call it tri having tribal knowledge, people that have been around the industry for decades uh, at, at very large companies, um, but have done all aspects of the job, whether it's, you know, everything from truck driving to senior uh, executives at multi-billion dollar 4PLs to asset-based carriers to uh, MBOCCs, et cetera. And what we've tried to do is bring in those uh, market experts to provide play-by-play -play, uh, information on the market informed by near-term data. And so 
the analogies that, you know, as we sort of think, thought about our business originally, it was sort of Bloomberg for freight. We still stand behind that. Um, you know, it's interesting talking to truck drivers who you aren't tuning into Bloomberg or looking at the Bloomberg terminal typically. Uh, for them, it's the analogy they like to use, the ESPN of freight. And, we, and I consider that complimentary. And I think it, I think it actually is well-informed because a lot of what we do and I think where we've been successful is, is if, if we're the ESPN of freight, then we're, we're bringing in the former quarterbacks, you know, the former pitchers that can go and interpret the signals in the market. And so uh, these individuals have experience of being on the ground. They, quote, unquote, know where the bodies are buried. They know, uh, you know, they know how to interpret data because they've actually been there before and okay. uh, can really get down to the bottom line of what's happening, both in good and bad, I think. You know, for, for, a lot of, uh, for a lot of reasons, uh, having that informed view of the market um, allows us to evolve uh, our understanding of the market as things change, but also maintain a pulse and interpret things going on right now. I mean, a great example of what's happening at this moment is what's happening with the freight market. And this is, uh, you know, if you look at pertinent, there's a lot of questions about is the market decelerating are we going in? Are we in an expand? Are we continuing the expansion we've had for the past ten years, or we're in a situation where the freight market is starting to really, really slow? And of course, if you only take, you can you can make a bull case or a bear case. I think we believe that um, by having that industry experience and interpreting which data sets are more are most relevant to the market, that we can decipher what's really happening. And so that's you know that's how we see it. And of course, where our position is at this moment. Uh, that we believe that the market is decelerating, not accelerating. We just think that um, there's a lot of factors that are dramatically impacting sort of the state of the market. And we're using data and experience to sort of drive to those conclusions. So would you say that you, what, Freightways, what Freightways is trying to do is not only provide the data, but help your, let's say, clients or your readers or your participants to interpret the data? That's correct. Yes, yeah, so we have 25 full-time journalists. Uh, we have 12 analysts, uh, which provide it, and we have about 20 data scientists. So, the the important thing about data that you have to keep in mind is that um, data without context is is meaningless because oftentimes right. pe people take people take data and they interpret. You know, they, there's there's confirmation bias into the data. Um, there's they don't they don't know how to interpret, read things, and sometimes data that you think is telling you something actually is telling you something completely different. And so what we're doing is providing that uh, context for, for what is meaningful about the data. And I think this has been done in other markets. So if you look at financial markets, they're exceptionally good at, at interpreting different signals uh, and, and quite mature. Um, I think even some of the government data sets at a broad base, uh, you know, whether it's the USDA reports, crop reports, or, or even, you know, the Department of Treasury, um, the, the Bureau of Labor, uh, Labor BLS, they, they provide commentary to it. They explain how these data sets are important. Freight, historically, what you'll have is you'll have one company or one firm that provides one set of data and that becomes their data set. And I think, you know, that's great. What we've tried to do is bring those data sets together. Uh, the, the challenge is, I, I think, oftentimes uh, a lot of uh, organizations in, in this space try to use one single data set to explain everything. And, and the right. problem with that is, that, that oftentimes um, you can't do that because different data sets actually uh, uh, prove different things and they're actually telling you different things. And I think what's important for us is to, to know what those things are, both the good and bad and interpret. Like we have data sets that we publish that uh, are useful only for very select cases. 
um, uh, some are more relevant for others. And so we have to understand how those, how those uh, data sets are useful and not get caught up in trying to, you know, lead with a, a lot of confirmation bias. And then also having said that, you know, at times we, our team will disagree. We will have different points of view that may be in conflict with one another. And um, I think that creates a very healthy dialogue. I, I hear you. I think again, what, what kind of popped in my mind is kind of a Venn diagram, right, where you've got all these you know, these different uh, maybe complementary or even to separate pieces of, of data, and you're trying to see how they intersect and seeing where those what 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 happens when they do and what it tells you when they do. Would that be a kind of a, a way of looking it's at it? It's a great explanation. Yeah, it's okay. a great. I think it's a great explanation, and I, and I think again, it's it's having the context that's important. And look, we're we're going to get things wrong on occasion. Uh, hopefully our batting average is better than most, um, but there's times where we, we you know, we'll, we, we'll make a mistake, we interpret something incorrectly, or we think, you know, we may come out and say, hey, we don't think, we don't think this is the case with this particular data, uh, and then we turn out to be wrong. And that happens as well, and I think you have to sort of own up to those uh, situations if they, if they do come, because that credibility is very important. Absolutely. So the two different things that you're doing that I heard about at the conference, and I know are, are kind of near and dear to your heart, is one is sonar, and the other one is trucking futures. Um, so again, you, you mentioned these other industries or other areas that do this kind of uh, data crunching and make predictions about the future, one of them being commodities. And, and I think that's what you're going for with the trucking futures concept. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so really what a futures contract is, is a uh, a financially settled futures contract, which means a truck will never show up. So these are trucking futures that we've listed uh, on an exchange. And basically it's a, it's a, uh, an average, it's an index that tracks an average of the market. In this case is trucking rate averages. And what we're effectively doing is tracking the average price uh, uh, in the trucking market for spot rates. And then using that data to, um, to, to build, we, we have built an index and then we list the contracts against it. What it does is it lets companies that are exposed to price volatility uh, in the trucking spot market hedge or trade against that volatility. So if, if you're a trucking company, your natural inclination is, you, is that you want rates to go up. Uh, as a hedge instrument, you're actually shorting the market. So you're actually, you're making a, uh, a transaction or a bet that prices will go down. And that bet is offsetting your natural exposure. So the, the idea of futures is really to, to create a, uh, an offsetting exposure to where you're naturally, where you naturally exist. So the idea, again, again obviously this becomes more and, more and more important as the, your, your volume goes up, and I think probably the more sophisticated players in the market uh, will understand this and adopt it more readily than maybe your smaller players. I can tell you that having spoken to some of your experts, um, and I'm, I consider myself a relatively intelligent guy, a lot of it went over my head uh, when they started really getting into the nuts and bolts of it. Your, your explanation, I think, is uh, a clear one in the sense that you know, if, you, if you know anything about futures markets, it, it, the idea is that it functions in the same way. You're, you're hedging your bets by betting for or against these, these fluctuations. And the idea is there's volatility, and volatility is, can be opportunity and it can be risk. Um, and that if you can find a way of, of, of sort of uh, flattening that volatility out by making good bets, then that kind of gives you a little bit more of a um, reliable or, or predictable cost. 
again. Um, yeah, that's it, correct. No, okay. I think, that, I, think that's, yeah. I think that's spot on. Uh, no pun intended. <laughs> Thanks. Um, well, great. Okay, so the idea then. So this is kind of a would would, I, would it be correct to call it a fledgling uh, a part of your of your service? Yeah, you know, it started as the core part of what we were trying to do two years ago okay. or three years ago when we started the business. And so it was the idea to create a financial market based on trucking. And I think what happened is as we went to market and started talking about futures and what, what the sort of common themes that we did, we looked at markets that were successful. We looked at markets that were unsuccessful. And I think what we realized is that in order to create a successful futures market, you have to have commentary and data that provides insights on what's happening. We just didn't feel like the freight market, at the time was trucking only, the trucking market had really good market insight data that was done on a, a near-term, and we say near-time, 24-hour basis um, of turnaround and data. There wasn't really good market commentary from a news standpoint. And we went out and built that, and we built that entirely to focus on to help drive liquidity in our futures market. We never, ever uh, thought that this would become a core part of what we do or become part of what we do. And that's exactly what happened. Is as we started writing commentary and publishing data and aggregating data, there was just such a desire for that information in the market that, that, that it really accelerated a lot of what we do today. And so now we think of our business much broader than that. It's certainly futures are fledging. Uh, it's not... You know, as I went out and raised capital for investors, I, I, I basically said, made the case that, you know, what they need to do is get comfortable with the core part of our business, which is our data business and our news business, um, our community, we call it. Uh, get comfortable with the, the thesis, uh, the investment thesis around that. And then ultimately futures uh, are a it's, a, it's a, it's a lottery ticket. Right? They're getting a, you know, in the world of markets, they're getting a free option on futures, uh, the futures market. So if it does well, then it's immensely successful for them. Uh, if it doesn't hit the, you know, hit the mark in terms of, of getting true liquidity, or if it takes a lot longer than we would like, then it's the business itself has fundamental value uh, through our data products. And so what's happened with that is that we've, we, we've brought in a lot of market experts from the financial markets and the commodity markets and in oil and, and, and ag and, different commodities sectors to learn how those work. And what that did was it helped us build this mind of the market in terms of what's happening with a financial perspective. And so I, I think that's really where we've been successful is that we've applied a financial markets understanding of data, understanding of information, understanding of context, and try to be unbiased in the sense that we're trying to interpret these signals with, with uh, without any you know, any, any goal in what they've become. Because in a, in a market, particularly a commodity market, there are winners and losers. Uh, okay. They typically, commodities are, are in some ways on a transaction by transaction, the zero sum game. It doesn't mean that there's zero sum. It just means for overall, yeah. it just means on that particular trade, one, one party is, is bullish and one party is bearish or one party's long and one party's short. Someone's going to lose basically, right? Yeah. And so, yeah. so it, but it's the same thing in the freight markets. It's, it's, it, and, and so there are shippers and there are, you know, shippers right now, or shippers always want prices to go down. Uh, uh -huh. Carriers always want prices to go up. Neither party wants the, economy, wants the economy to go down. They have a mutually aligned interest there. But uh -huh. the same token, they, one, one wants to go up, one wants to go down. And, and because of that, um, we look at it, and, and even though we, we probably inherently want things to go well and, and volume to be up, 
we're agnostic to the direction of the market. We have to be. Yeah. And I think that kind of dovetails into the the the, the sonar product, right? Uh, the, that, and I think uh, you've also – you can talk a little bit about that in the sense that this draws what we were just discussing together a bit. And also, I believe you've got a, a 4.0 coming out too, so if you want to talk about that a little bit. Yeah, so sonar is a – you know, we, we were inspired by Bloomberg when we, we built the platform. We looked at how our financial data uh, uh, dashboards – built and what do they do um, and, and what they do essentially do is they take really complicated information provide a, a consistent way to to first for un, at times an unsophisticated person and i don't mean that they're not just using it just means they don't have to understand everything about the data that they're reading uh, it provides a really good way for them to sort of get quick insights uh, and it creates basically a business analytics uh, it's a business analytics platform essentially at bloomberg's core it connects the world's data, financial markets data with a business analytics platform. And so we, we took that inspiration from Bloomberg. In fact, you know, it, it, it's no shock that our system has a lot of the look and feel of Bloomberg or the financial markets uh, terminals, because that's exactly how we were inspired when we built it. And so what the we did is we went and built it. The is the greatest form of flattery, right? <laughs> exactly. And look, we have an active partnership with, you know, we're, we're, we, we work with a lot of financial markets companies. so. Um, you know, and we would be very transparent to them as to, to what they are. And I think they've been very complimentary to us. And so because of that, we, we built this market dashboard that takes in hundreds of thousands of data points every day um, and builds those data points into aggregated indices. We have about 700 different sources of data that come into the platform, wow. different types of data sets. And so those data sets then provide a, a, a basically an anonymized, it's not personal information about any individual participant, but it's an anonymized perspective on the freight market, and it lets you know really the supply and demand. But it also lets you know a lot of other things that you want to know about what's happening with global trade, uh, what's happening with you know all, all sort of the workflow uh, elements of what people are doing in the market. We tried to aggregate as well. Great. Um, and as far again, is 4.0 a, a great leap forward, or is it just a refinement on the uh, on the existing? I would describe it as an evolutionary product. Okay. I, I think as a as a SaaS company, um, everything builds on it, on itself. And I think uh, certainly we would argue that Sonar, when it came out, was quote-unquote revolutionary um, in the sense that it, it, it did something freight that hadn't been done before. I think now as we do new releases, it's just building on the existing framework, but doing it in a, you know, doing it in a way at, at a speed which is, which is atypical, which is not typically done in freight. Because we're able to do it, you know, these are everything's in the cloud. We're able to move really quick. We put, you know, we we have a multi-million-dollar development budget. We we have a multi-million-dollar data acquisition uh, strategy, uh, and we're you know we're publishing uh, information uh, and insights every single day. And we have an active R&D process of doing a lot of research and finding what other data exists, and then and then oftentimes 93% of the data that we we have on the platform is actually exclusive to us. So oftentimes, um, we're bringing in different data sets to, to build some machine learning algorithms on trying to predict things and trying to come up with insights by, by bringing in different data sets that have never been brought together before. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to part one of our interview with FreightWave CEO Craig Fuller. And look forward to the conclusion of our interview where Craig and Stephen weigh in on the speed of freight over the next five years, challenges in the industry, and the trade war with China. 
for Didola Global Logistics in Long Beach, California. I'm Wade, this is the podcast, and we speak logistics.